2: Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by Bad Hombres. Instead, it's brought to you by Stitcher Premium. If you haven't heard of Stitcher Premium yet, well, you're missing out because that's where all the cool kids are these days. Yeah, uh, you can listen to us on Stitcher.com, and you can hear our content four days early and ad-free. Isn't that not cool or what? Also, if you sign up for 12 months, you get a month off if you use our special promo code, which is you go to Stitcher.com slash thinking Sideways, use the promo code Sideways, and you will get that one month free. So to get all that, become a premium member, go out to Stitcher.com today and subscribe.
0: Well, hey there, and welcome to another episode of Thinking Sideways. I am Steve, as usual, joined by... Devin. And Joe. And as per usual... What, I don't know. God, I hate saying what. Okay, whose fault is it that I picked up the word use? Is it yeah, you? Yeah. It's their fault. Oh it,
2: it should be as per always.
0: As per usual, I, I because like per usual always. is not a word that you can abbreviate. Uh, so. Or shorten. is not. <laughs> Is not, is not is not is uh, not. As usual, we have another mystery for you this mm-hmm. week, and it is a historical mystery. So it's a eh, you know we're we're getting off the murder train. Uh, uh, no, we're going
2: to yeah. get back on. Don't worry.
0: Well, and there well there is a lot of murder in the story. That's there true. Is. Okay, killing here. So this week we are going to talk about the historical mystery, uh, which is did anyone who was with Lieutenant Colonel George. Armstrong Custer survived when he took the five companies of the 7th Cavalry that were under his command at that time into the Indian Territory near the Little Bighorn River in Montana on June 25th, 1876. Mm, yeah,
2: and actually a lot of people survived the Little Bighorn.
0: Well, the the people that were with Custer specifically didn't. Yeah, they, those
2: guys didn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll
0: get into that. So
1: the title of this is going to be like... An entire paragraph long.
0: Uh, no, uh, it'll, it'll be very simple when I when I title it on the episode, the, the episode thing. So did no anyone deal.
1: who was with Lieutenant
0: Colonel. George... <laughs> no, <laughs> that is, is kind of long. Let's, That's okay, not going listen, to fit in an iPhone. Listen, yeah. let, let's get into the All story. All right, Let's refocus. Here. Sorry. Actually, before we get into the story, I do need to thank our listener Jonathan, who suggested this to us. I think like two years ago or something like that. That's why
2: it's an historical mystery. (laughs) There
0: you go. So thank you, Jonathan. And let's pick up with the story. Uh, As people probably know, uh, commonly the the event that we're going to talk about is known as Custer's Last Stand.
1: I mean, I would say, yeah, in America.
0: Yeah, in America, but there people are people about all it, but... over the uh, the rest of the world that ha- have only heard of Custard or, and not really know a lot about or it. Not or even not heard of
2: Custard, yeah. I think
1: we're saying Custard wrong, and,
0: you know. Well, it's yeah. Custard. I know. Yeah, not, George custard. custard. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm glad we clarified that and made yeah. me look like an idiot. Yeah. All right. That's my uh, job. So here's the story, is that General Custer, he and all of his men in... 1876, July 25, specifically, they went into Indian territory, and we'll get into the backstory of this, uh, but they were killed by the Indians that, the American Indians, and we've had this conversation before, You, if you read it on the internet, some American Indians say, it's American Indian, and some say, just call me Indian, I don't care, so yeah. I'm going to use it interchangeably. Sounds good. Devin's giving me a dirty look for that. I, Why? Why?
1: I'm just thinking. I think it should be Native American, but
0: yeah, and well, but good. that's the thing is that they I, I've seen all over. There's it's it's there's no consensus. Some people are like I want to be Native America. Some people are like I'm an Indian. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. I I I don't want to ascribe prescribe to one because
2: no, it's not. Uh, it's it's not a split like a, opinion. Yeah, it's not like it's a racial slur or anything like that. Mm-mm. And it's uh, okay. I mean, essentially, Columbus went looking for India and Indians, and he found some. So there you go.
0: Okay, yeah. so let's let's start this portion of the episode over, so that this doesn't make no sense to anybody. As people, as we've kind of defi- uh, said so far, people at least in the America in in North America will know this is referred to as Custer's Last Stand. And what happened is that Custer and all of his men were defeated and killed by the Lakota Sioux, the Dakota Sioux, the Cheyenne, and the Arapaho tribes that were camped by the river. That This is the Little Bighorn River in, on June 25th, 1876. Now, Custer himself commanded approximately 200 men when he went into battle, and officially none of those 200 survived. But since uh, almost immediately after Custer and his men were resoundingly defeated and killed, people have come forward and said they were there and they made it in some way. They made it out alive. It's yeah, kind of
2: like, like the people who say they knew D.B. Cooper, but unfortunately, he just died six months ago. But hey, yeah. I wrote a book about it. Right. Yeah.
0: And so there's tons of... uh, There's like 120 people over the years have come forward and said they were there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So there's a lot of these people. And one of those people specifically, which is the focus of today's episode, is a man named Frank Finkel who in 1920 announced that he had been part of the group that went into that territory with custer specifically and he managed to make it out alive so that's our mystery is is frank finkel telling the truth and was he of among those 200 men so it's who finked on frank finkel no. It, is it, quite, no, no, but, that's, yeah. that doesn't work because is it Finkel's thinking? Or, yeah. No, 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 well, Joe, you, you say, got, you, you how you how say you?
2: Did, did Finkel think on himself. Yeah. <laughs> it is, in a sense, <laughs> it, it's Finkel it thinking. Be, yeah, because, yeah, Finkel what thinking. What were you because, thinking? Huh. You know, uh, okay. Sorry. Because he could be, it could be construed as desertion uh, mm-hmm. in the face of the enemy. So, you know, according to his story, he didn't actually desert. But no. No, that's very true yeah, we're although he sort that, of kind right? of did well, well but we'll yeah. get into
0: we'll get into repercussions of that and, and the positives and negatives and all of that uh, so listen this is a historical mystery so there's a bunch of history that I have to try and lay out for everybody but only in
2: three sentences So it'll well be but that's the difficulty is
0: there's so much here I'm going to do my best to keep this as condensed as possible but that means of course that I'm going to have to omit and simplify some information so if you are an aficionado of the battle of the little bighorn please understand that's that's what's going on here rest
1: assured steve
0: knows yeah because listen we did the whole football thing and football nerds are nowhere near as mean as history nerds so this could get really dirty but just understand we know that we're we're trimming it down because that's not the main point of the story right Right. okay so here's where we go before the Battle of the Little Bighorn, of course, when Europeans came to North America, they immediately began pushing around the native people, the indigenous peoples. Well,
2: I wouldn't say immediately, just eventually. Pretty they got damn quick, to it. but yeah. they,
0: they started pushing them around for things that they wanted and. That ended up meaning that they pushed them off of their ancestral homes, and through the reservation system, they began relocating them to other places that they were not previously living upon
2: yeah but that again it didn't happen that took centuries before that actually
0: happened and so, and i and this, yeah and yeah. this is this is. This is simplifying yeah. as much as possible because we're not going to get into the ethics of why that happened. And I'm if not saying have, it
2: fair. No. Through the yeah, but through it the lens of history, before
0: yeah. probably was a bad thing, well, not the best thing to definitely do. Definitely a bad thing. Yeah. So we move forward and i mean if you want to get in sense like i don't know if you two had a chance to do this but i did some reading on things like the trail of tears which is very famous and yeah. Yeah. if you do reading on that you get a real sense of what it was like for the native americans mm-hmm. to to go through that yeah, so they're really awful stuff yeah, yeah. really bad really bad okay so then what we do is as we move forward through time, there becomes notable names, and names that you may have heard before, such as Sitting Bull and Crazy Horse.
2: They are some of the famous ones. They are yeah. some of
0: the famous ones, and at least Sitting Bull will play a major role in our stories. Uh, Crazy Horse was there, apparently, as well. But these guys were both leaders of the Sioux, and the Sioux lived in the, the Great Plains if people don't know what the Great Plains is, it's essentially it's a big flat center. spot in the middle of the middle yeah, the of the, of the, yeah. of the, of the of North America, north to south. It's it's really kind of a giant flat spot. It's right? great
2: big. That's why they call it the Great Plains. It's yeah. the yeah.
0: flyover states. It is. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so these guys, uh, in the roughly the main, uh, the mid eighteen hundreds, uh, they began speaking out against the U.S. government. And the government, of course, is at this point, as I've said before, they're pushing people around, they're yeah. pushing them out. The other thing they're doing is they're breaking treaties, and that's going to play into mm-hmm. this story very strongly. That's yes. yeah, where uh, the term
2: Indian giver comes from.
0: Yes, actually. you it's give a, and then you take it back. You give, you change your mind, you take it back. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. actually, I'm pretty sure that that's a derogatory term. What's so weird about that derogatory term is that it's, it's based on white people. Yeah well, that's but, the thing it, is, but it it, it makes a not, negative connotation. Well no, I mean it's not
2: like since I was a kid it was understood as not something derogatory towards the Indians. I mean I mean some people today misconstruing the history of that Phrase thick as, I, I've claimed it's a slur against the Indians. It never has been. It's But not. That's,
0: that's my point, though, yeah, is that not. for people yeah. who don't know the history, yeah, some, it yeah, becomes some, a slur. Yeah, some that's, people now think that, of that it is, and
2: it's not. Yeah. It never, yeah, it's but not. it is. It's actually yeah.
0: like a negative thing towards us white folk.
2: Or at least Americans. Yeah. So yeah. here's yeah.
0: what happens, though, is that the, the Native Americans uh, are pushed into a reservation. This is in uh, South Dakota. And then in 1875, gold is found in the Black Hills of South Dakota. Yeah, and Which are, the
2: Indians had no use for. So, hey, yeah, you know, let's and, them off and, their and land. And the U.S. Right? government yeah.
0: going, what the hell? Like, these Indians are not harvesting it. They're just living on that ground. That's just, dumb. Just
1: respecting the earth or whatever. Yeah. Uh,
2: that's yeah. right. So we might, uh. well, we might as well push them off, find them a new home. What, and but, that's
0: exactly what happens. Is yeah. They say, wait, no, we're going to move you now because we're going to change the deal. Again. Again and we're going to move you somewhere else and the i think the plan was they were moving them and please don't i I don't remember the exact location because this is such a muddy history but pretty sure that was where they were then moving them to what is the modern day crow reservation in montana
2: now i had thought that the crows were supposed to keep their reservations and that they were they were going to actually give them some more land they weren't going to move them onto the crow reservation but what touched off this particular confrontation is that many of the other tribes were encroaching on the Crow land. See,
0: I, so the Crows, and, and yeah, that's that's and
2: this, my. In this particular battle, it took place on the Crow reservation in it Montana, did. and but but those that... other tribes were not actually supposed to be there. But the Crows the... did not want them there.
0: This is the difficulty with this yeah. whole thing: is there's so much. Back and forth.
2: Well, and it's it's tough to keep track of the tribes. And uh, the, the the other thing to remember too about the about the tribes is that uh, you know they were a lot of them hated each other, and uh, and so that's one of the that's one of the reasons that in the end they wind up you know losing everything because they if they had actually banded together. You know, they might have stood more of a chance. Well, and that was what territory. some of the great
0: leaders of the, the Indian nations that. were trying to do: was try band to do them that. together. But
2: some of these tribes had hatreds going back a long, long way. They're just, you know, yeah.
1: fam- big family feuds, basically. Do you believe they were, much. They were
2: I mean, it's, uh, it's not unusual. I mean, yeah. it's what people do everywhere. I mean, yeah. there's people that have similar hatreds back in europe and other places Mm -hmm. too it's not unusual no no, not at all so so
0: okay so they they're gonna get moved so the idea is that these people in south dakota is at least as i understand it the plan is to push them up into montana And a lot of the tribes would resist that. Not all of them, but a lot of tribes would. So some would go, and some would say no, and they would run away, and they would disappear into this untamed land. Because, you know, it's not as if it's a metropolitan area. Yeah. So they can just take off. And then later on, uh, tribes would then say, you know, we really don't like what you're doing to us. And so we're going to leave the reservations, which is Sitting Bull. He he led a huge contingent off of the reservation in protest. So this is how this is kind of the turmoil or the back the back setting of what's going on at the time in the area.
2: Yeah. So yeah, things were tense between a lot of these tribes in the U.S. Army.
0: Yeah, they were. T- yeah, there was. I would say it was tense t- between everybody. I was
1: going to say yeah. tense might be like an understatement. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Although the crows, the crows were on our side. They uh, they actually helped out. They actually tried to help Custer a bit, but not too not too much. But well, yeah, yeah, they, didn't
0: they, didn't they go were too far, They were far actually
2: allied by. with uh, Custer and the gang, but uh, didn't. Well, work work out that well
0: yeah and, and let's that's a that's a great segue there joe let's move to custer and the gang which by the way would be a great band name um so if we go for we move away from the the native peoples and we move to the u.s uh army or the military between march and may of 1876 several infantry and cavalry divi- or companies were sent and these were all from different locations, they were sent to patrol along the Yellowstone River heading towards Montana. And they were supposed to look for hostile natives, particularly Mm Sioux. The
2: ones who were off the reservation. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they were were supposed to look for him. And Custer himself, now Custer would be part of a a series of larger contingents of military uh, groups. But Custer had about 600 men underneath him in the 7th Cavalry. And like I said, I mean, those other groups were there, so there's other infantry and cavalry, and there's a lot of different generals whose names I could list off, and you might or might not know them. There's a whole bunch of other companies within each unit, which is hard to keep straight because they use... Alpha. Uh, it's not alpha numeric. It's, it's alpha characters. To keep a, to order them. Yeah, so A
2: B C D E F. Yeah, C, yeah. And yeah. so
0: you could have company E seven times between all of these groups. So it gets confusing. It and it's does. actually not so important to the. It's, it's not so it's important, not important history. Yeah, yeah. So the the point Although, is, it's a large group. I mean, we're talking yeah. fifteen hundred military U.S. military. I'm uh, ballparking this.
2: But not present there that day though. no no, no this is between
0: all of the divisions that yeah. were all moving along the yellowstone river at once
2: yeah but yeah the ones yeah. that were at the little bighorn was like what more like six seven hundred
0: uh with custer it would have been 600
2: 600 okay yeah. yeah
0: um okay so eight days prior to the battle of the little bighorn another incident took place and that was the battle of the Rosebud. And this was on the Rosebud Creek, as I understand it. Mm. Uh, and The
2: Rosebud was a little sleigh that <laughs> belonged to a very rich guy.
0: Uh, wrong story, Jeff. Oh, really? I was going to oh.
1: say, Rosebud is the code he used for infinite money. Yeah, oh, no, wrong one oh, there, too. It is. Oh, okay. uh,
0: this is a little creek, which, by the way, oh. I looked for Rosebud Creek, and I can't find it anymore, so I'm pretty sure it's been renamed. Or it doesn't exist anymore. Well, it may have dried up, because, or been diverted, yeah. or mm-hmm. filled in. Mm-hmm. Oh, Who knows? Uh, but what happens is the Battle of Rosebud is that several cavalry and infantry companies encounter an unexpectedly large congregation of American Indians, and those U.S. forces are pushed back and basically have to retreat. Uh, I mean, they were defeated, essentially. And then what happens is they encounter, days later, these divisions that had been sent up the Yellowstone River, including Custer's 7th.
2: And that was a very large group of Indians. Uh, yes. Extremely large.
0: Yes. Uh, so uh, we'll, we might as well give that away now is... The initial numbers, everybody thought that what they were going to encounter was going to be somewhere in the low hundreds, maybe the like 500-ish. What it turned out to be was about 1,500 to 2,500 warriors, as I understand it.
2: Uh huh. Okay, so that's a
0: huge scale. That's a
2: lot. That's a lot. And and when you combine that with the fact that uh, at least a couple of hundred of them, I believe, were armed with repeating rifles. Mm -hmm. And the cavalry had single shot Springfield trapdoor rifles. Um, Yeah, that's the thing that
0: I. It's one of those things in history that you look back and you go, what the hell was going on? Because somebody got a good contract and the military started getting their guns from them. And so all of these repeating weapons were then turned around and sold to the American Indians. It's like, wait... Why did you think single shot was so much better than a repeating? That uh, it doesn't yeah, well, make any sense.
2: A lot of them, some of them, the ones that were getting sold to the Indians were these lever action Henry rifles that were chambered in, in things like forty four and forty five caliber. Okay, they were essentially pistol calibers, and so not great long range weapons. Okay. Um, but and so the, the Springfield had a longer. It was in a much more yeehaw cartridge, had much better range. But same time for a close engagement like this, I would much rather have a you know, something lev- that you shoot rapidly, Henry. Yeah, rather oh, yeah. than a single shot. Yeah, yeah. Hell, and yeah. that's what I mean. That's what like. Uh, yeah. And also, by the way, there's another another factor in this battle is that um, um, Custer actually was was moving fast and light, and left his uh, supply train behind. They were they were still trying to catch up. They had all the ammunition. I and, shouldn't say all. I mean, his men all had some. And on we'll them. get into
0: some of but, that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So here's, here's what happens is, I know we've jumped ahead a little bit, but the simplified version of this is that Custer and the 7th Cavalry, they move up Rosebud Creek, and they're looking for this contingent of Native Americans they find them, but as we've said, Custer is fed wrong information. He's told when he gets there that, oh, at the best there's 800 warriors. Again, Mm -hmm. we're saying it turns out it's more like Mm -hmm. 1,500, 2,500. And plus
2: they're better armed than you are. Well, Uh, yeah, yeah, they didn't quite... It doesn't appear he
0: knew that, at least from my reading. Yeah,
2: a lot of people have criticized Custer's behavior, but I think he did just get some bad intel. I think he did. The other
0: other problem is that he was then given... and he thought, listen, okay, here's what the plan was. Custer had separated from all these other groups of, of, of U.S. soldiers because the plan was they were all going to circle around what is now known called the Crow's Nest. That's where the battle took place. And the idea is they were going to hit him from multiple sides on the same day, basically just swarm in and surround the enemy and decimate them. Mm. And he was like, yeah, there's a bunch of them and we could probably take them out, but that's no big deal. We'll just hang out. Except then he's given information. Oh, wait, it turns out that there are Indian scouts following our trail to where we are, meaning... Yeah, Yeah, preparing for battle. Yeah, meaning, oh crap, we're going to get attacked on both sides. Or
2: or he just decided, he needed to attack before they got word back that he was there. Problem was... Yeah, and so he'd lose the element of surprise, so he
0: decided to rush his schedule just a little bit. Problem, yeah. of course, in hindsight... They, is weren't, that spies. Was, they weren't spies. They yeah. were It turns yeah. out what they said was scouts was actually people who were leaving the congregation that he was watching, and they were just happened to cross the path that they had walked, and they were leaving... So it's, again, another instance of Custer getting bad information. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I believe that uh, we can just now call this the Custer Cluster. Yeah. yeah. Because there's just so much not or, right or the, or, with what he's doing. Or
2: the Custer uh, yeah, yeah, you can call it that too. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. So
0: uh, let's let's just simplify this and short shorten this up as much as we can. Is so Custer says, okay, they're they're gonna get us. We need to attack, and he takes his group of six hundred men and he splits them into three units, two hundred apiece, and they they split off in multiple directions. Yeah. And Custer's group. Goes in, they eventually, we don't, by the way, know exactly what happened. People have well, been arguing over this for that's years. That's another mystery
2: is nobody really does know what happened at that particular battle. And there's a lot of conflicting information. But it's a great mystery. Yeah. Yeah
0: so custer and his men they they head through they head north they they encounter this much larger enemy contingent than they expect they're pushed farther north and the enemy would then go ahead and surround custer and that group of 200 men that he brought with him and they would massacre all of them every single man would be killed yeah what's Um, called
2: custer's last stand yeah and that's
0: why it's called custer's last stand exactly so in the group uh this is this is pretty impressive is Everybody that died besides Custer is we have his two brothers would be killed, his nephew would die, his brother in law would die, almost every horse that was involved would be killed. All of Custer's dogs would be killed. Oh,
2: and killed by the way, dogs? the other
0: 196 men would die as well.
2: I can't believe those jerks killed us dogs. That's, that's rude. actually
1: it's a little surprising they killed the horses.
2: Well, actually, I think that uh, I think a lot of those guys killed their own horses oh, so they could use them for cover.
0: They probably. did. They made yeah. barricades. They would try yeah. to build barricades out of horses. Also, when yeah, there's the a Indians lot of
2: probably would have kept the horses. When there's a yeah. lot yeah. of lead yeah. flying
0: around. It's just
2: easy for, yeah, the horse to get taken out.
0: Unfortunately. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's that's kind of the way that the whole story goes. And people say, well, why didn't he get help? Because, of course, Custer sent for help. He sent multiple dispatches. But what happens is that people that have to go many many miles back and if they go to the if other they make it yeah and then there's yeah. the other groups that they're trying to get information to those other groups were at least 65 miles away this is rugged terrain he, as joe said before he left his supply chain behind so that's yeah. that's dozens of miles back like it takes a long time it's not like today where you just hop in your car and zip down there in 2 minutes and zip back oh well,
2: there was so, uh, yeah there was a big controversy too that uh, because he he split up as you said in the three in the three groups yeah uh, the other two groups Southern majors just Reno and Benteen mm-hmm. went off in different directions mm-hmm. they were and they and one of the one of the, the controversies surrounding that is why didn't those guys come to his aid? And, you know, and there are actually a lot of people accused them of cowardice and of, and of not, you know. And see, I, I don't, I disagree with
0: that because I think well, no, they happened were so they fast their, and they were so far away.
2: Then they had, those other guys had their hands full. I mean, yeah. they were under attack too. So, yeah. yeah. But I mean, a lot of people said that.
0: No. Well, yeah. It wasn't like they were Again, just tooling down the road. Nah. nah they hear all the later. gunshots
2: and screaming from over there on the hill. They're just like, ah, he's got it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I have, I've led you a little astray, dear listener, as I like to do. There, other than Mr., uh, Mr. Finkel or any of the other 120 people who have claimed to be survivors, there is one confirmed survivor of this whole thing. True. And that is Comanche. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: The horse. The horse, yes. Yeah. Comanche uh. was a horse that was uh, ridden by one of the guys in the group. And the horse was found, wounded days later, and nursed back to health. Comanche would live for another 15 years, and he would die at the ripe old age of 29. That's pretty good. That is for a horse. Very good. Uh, And and by the way, this horse was given a full military funeral. He's one of three horses that have gotten a full military funeral. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, those sadists did not bury Comanche. Instead, they stuffed him. Uh, Yeah, he is. Yeah, I think it is. But he is... now in the University of Kansas's National History Museum. So, oh,
2: well, I got to remember that if I'm back back there in Kansas sometime.
0: Poor Comanche.
2: Yeah. Well, he doesn't care. I, I don't. I was gonna say it's um, to survive something like this. It's more than a matter of just playing dead, because I mean, usually when what happened after a battle like this, as it makes and the women would go through the battlefield with these big war clubs and just cave everybody's head in. Mm -hmm. You know, so you couldn't just like play possum and hope to survive that way. No,
0: there was uh, what uh, I don't want to say this and I don't want to come out derogatory and I can't remember the exact pronunciation, but I believe it's where they would, you know, they were taking scalps. Yeah. Uh, So that was something that happened as far as I understand, especially in this, specifically in this instance. So that you can't fake. Uh, you, yeah, can't you can't just lay there and you can't play take possum
2: it. when they're peeling your scalp off no. that no, no. no. wouldn't work
0: um but let's let's get back into the, the the main line here so we've we've got the original event and then several days later after the battle uh, which, by the way, was a resounding success and victory for the, the Native Americans. Yep. Yep. The right. U.S. forces would return to the area, and they would try to find everybody who had been killed and figure out what the hell had happened.
2: I think this is before dog tags were invented. I'm pretty sure it was. That would have been was. handy to have some dog tags.
0: As Joe said, some very horrible things were done to the bodies after they were killed, and then they were left to sit in the hot... J- summer sun for at least a day or two. I thought it was more like three days, but yeah. You know, it it depends, so but yeah. I mean it really, that makes it extremely hard to identify a body when all of that has been done to it and then it's been roasting for a couple well, of days. And you know, scavengers. Yeah, exactly. So what happens is these guys show up, they try to identify anybody that they can, they quickly dig graves and they shove the bodies in there and then they get out of there because they preserve Zoom that the forces that have done this are still in the area and they don't want to be found out and they don't want to suffer the same fate yeah. so they, they do me. their job as quickly as they can and then they 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 vamoose actually it's
2: pretty brave of them to stick around as long as they did
0: agree yeah. mm-hmm. so that whole thing as we've said before that was june of 1876 we're now gonna jump forward. We're gonna jump forward to nineteen twenty, which is forty four years later. We're gonna to go to Dayton, Washington, hey, which just is north to here. Yeah, Pacific Northwest. Oh. A local and rather successful farmer named Frank Finkel in 1920 announced that he had in fact been at the battle of the little big horn and he was in that group that Custer commanded and he had actually managed to make it out alive now his reasons for bringing the story forward at that time well it varies from source to source some say that he was having drinks with, uh, drinking beer and playing horseshoes and somebody started talking bad about Custer mm. and he, he came forward to defend him and that's how his story came out uh, there are uh, another version that says that he was at a presentation about Custer and the Battle of the Little Bighorn where wrong details were presented and he then came forward to correct those details Details. I don't sure. know. Which, we don't know which it is. Yeah. But from there. He Frank would then get a whole bunch of attention as you would probably expect. Yeah. And he'd be interviewed by newspapers and he would start to share his story at different talks around the area. Mm-hmm. That was in 1920 that he came forward.
2: Uh-huh. And and that's it and just to put it in perspective, there were still a lot of people alive in 1920 who remembered the battle. Oh, they yeah. weren't it's, necessarily there, years yeah. Old. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, not it's, that long ago. Yeah, I mean yeah. It's,
0: it's not that long ago. It's um what's the I'm trying to think of what was the one that we had in South America in the eighties with uh Oh, it's Nicaragua! No, 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 no! Uh, what's the the guy the guy whose wife collected all the shoes?
2: Oh, yeah, you're talking you're talking about uh, the Philippines. Panama. The Philippines. No, or, that was that was uh, what's your name? Um, um, Mark, Mark, anyway. Yeah, Marcos. Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 But that's the for, same for thing. as it Marcos. like that yeah. was
0: about forty years ago?
2: Actually, DB Cooper was like forty-seven years. ago. Yeah. So yeah. again, so,
0: not that yeah. long ago in the po- popular memory. No. So totally, totally. As I said though he had he came forward in 1920 with this story in 1921 his wife Delia would pass away hmm. Four, uh he would get then remarry a woman named hermy uh she then obviously is referred to everywhere as hermy finkel mm-hmm. they got married in 1926 and then frank himself would die in 1930 so 10 years after he came forward so he died at the age of 76 which means he came forward at the age of 66
1: so he would have been in his 20s
0: Yeah. So the age at least works. Yeah. The math, generally speaking, works. At least that. Yes. That's the start. Yes. It's not as (laughs) if he was a 20-year-old dude saying I was there, and you're like, no, you weren't dummy.
1: Or, you know, he was age 17.
0: Or Or he was age Yeah. Yeah, Right, right. Yeah. So the math, generally speaking, should work. Okay. There are multiple stories out there about Frank's origin story, and part of that seems to maybe be because of his second wife Hermie because after he died she she remarried she married a man and then moved to Oshkosh B'gosh. Wisconsin Oshkosh uh, Wisconsin yeah. I knew that was going to happen <laughs> uh, and they were they were not well off in terms of money and she needed extra money so she filed for a veterans widow pension and she she kept pushing on it for many years. So yeah, They didn't buy the story. No, they, they never gave her a dime. She died in 1951, I wow. think it was. So she worked on this for a long time. Which was means, she much younger then? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She was much younger than he was. It appears that maybe she was attracted to him for his fame mm. of his story. Okay. Because at that point, he would have been a 70-year-old man. Marrying a maybe 30-something-year-old yeah. lady yeah, or maybe, maybe 20-something. Yeah, yeah, I mean, know. it's so you can see yeah. it's eh, maybe not a true loving relationship in that regard, yeah. a romantic relationship. That's the way to put it. Yeah. So there are several versions of Frank Finkel's story out there, though, his origin story. And here are the main three that you'll come across in the reading. Version 1, Frank was born in Ohio to German immigrant parents, and his parents spelled their last name F-I-N-C-K-L-E, so Finkel or Finkel? Probably
2: still Finkel, just...
0: Maybe. But they appear to have dropped the C later on while he was still a boy, and so then they changed to Finkel, as you'll see in a lot of places, F-I-N-K-L-E. He would grow up to be fluent in both English and German because he lived with German parents. And then when he became a young adult, he moved away from home to find his way in the world. In Chicago in 1872, on hard times, he enlisted in the U.S. Army as a way to earn a living He knew that German soldiers were coveted by the U.S. Army, and so he changed his name on his paperwork to August Finkel, F-I-N-C-K-L-E. He would say he was from Berlin, Prussia, and he would tell them that his occupation was a clerk. Why would he do that? Uh, ...from Prussia?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's, that's a weird thing that I didn't get for a long time, but it turns out that the Prussian Wars had been going on for a while... And uh, German uh, soldiers were coveted because that meant that they had been in battle, so they wouldn 't oh, freeze up okay. whereas a lot of the Americans who would enlist the first time gunpowder would go off they 'd pee their pants and freeze up well understandably yeah, i yeah, 'm I'm not, I'm not discrediting you for that, but, but yeah yeah the Prussians
2: were actually pretty formidable soldiers too. Yeah, yeah they, they were. had
0: they had a lot of grit, and yeah. that was something you would want to bring on board to gotcha. make your army much that much stronger okay. That's version one. So then he, he, you know, he says, I'm a clerk. He would then eventually rise through the ranks of the Custer's 7th Cavalry, And so that's how he would be then in the place that he said he was at the time he said he was. Version number two is that Frank Finkel was born in Germany under his given name at birth of August Finkel, F-I-N-C-K-L-E. He then emigrated to the U.S. and enlisted in the U.S. Army in the early 1870s. But it turns out he wasn't that great of a soldier, and he wasn't very well liked by the guys that he was enlisted with, because his accent was so thick and his grammar was so bad that most people couldn't understand him, including the native German speakers see, that he would encounter.
2: And this is why I, this particular version I don't buy it, because I could just imagine at that that gathering in 1920 when you know he suddenly says, "Y'all." Oh. Yeah, I was at the battle of the little big horn. How many people are going to buy that, right? I don't even know what you just said. He said, yeah,
1: yeah I was a survivor of the little bighorn.
2: Oh, um, see? That was with my mit the German accent. See, uh, I yeah. believed it,
0: though, because I didn't understand
1: it. So I yeah. actually a little bit can't... I know we're not really like debating this yet, but I can a little bit buy that that his accent might have been super, super thick if he was trying to convince people that he was August Finkel, from born Germany, from Prashen. Germany, right? Yeah, yeah. So he was faking the accent... Mm. the American when he was speaking English but then he was not maybe so fluent in German or his German accent was really bad and so the native German speakers were like dude what
2: you suck. I can't understand yeah. this
1: guy. He's you not make... speaking German. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs>
0: you
1: know, he's just like speaking garbledy goop. Yeah, yeah
0: garbledy goop. Yeah. That's the best description yet.
1: I can kind of buy that.
0: Okay. So version three is basically the same as version one, except instead of un- enlisting under the name of Auguste, he instead enlists under the name Frank Hall. Mm-hmm. And that whole story comes out from Hermie because that is the story that she stuck to the entire time that she was working to get the pension.
2: I kind of like Frank Hall better because it's easier to spell. <laughs>
0: gonna,
1: yeah. I mean, it makes sense that, you know, she would have used the name that he
0: told her he was registered under. Yeah. That yeah. Would. If that's what he told her. Yeah. 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 Which is the hard part because i I don't know what he said and what she said and what people have implied and, and shoehorned into this whole story uh, li- listen we're very close to theories, so let me run through the remainder of, of Frank's story
2: oh he's still got more stuff oh
0: he's yeah believe me this is a story heavy episode because we got a little we got a half a page here to go
2: uh, okay,
0: so whatever version of the story is correct or closest to correct, they all converge on essentially the same series of events on the day of the Battle of the Little Bighorn. Frank said that he was riding his horse just like every other man and that day and fighting and shooting and his rifle was hit with a bullet and specifically the wooden stock of his rifle was hit. So the stock exploded and he was struck with a piece of wood in the head. Sometimes it said he was struck between the eyes, sometimes just somewhere in the face, but the versions always kind of seem to iterate that and in, infer that what happens is he's either knocked out or he is completely coated in blood and basically knocked out. And maybe a little, st- maybe stunned. Yes, yeah, st- yeah, stunned. Not, but not so much knocked out. So he's out. just coated in blood. At the same time, his horse is also hit in the flank, which if you don't know, the flank of a horse is the ribcage, the side. So it panics. It bolts into the line of unco- uh, oncoming enemy forces, this line of American Indians, Indians and blows through the line and they think well it's obviously it's a dead guy on a horse cuz look at all the blood on him but while he's going through the line he's shot twice he's shot once in the foot and once in the shoulder or maybe in the abdomen uh hmm. we don't know which cuz again that's I, I don't know he was shot twice and he keeps going, and his horse keeps running, and he eventually comes to, and then he wanders in the, in the wilderness for several days until his horse gives out. And he says, as mercy, he shot the horse to put it out of his misery. Mm-hmm. Good idea. He then wanders on foot with a shot foot. But he wanders on foot for several more days until he comes upon a cabin with a guy outside chopping wood. And the guy starts yelling at him, get out of here. And what does he do? He passes out. Mm.
2: Just like in the movies.
0: Yes. He wakes up. He's now in the cabin. The man has treated his wounds and he comes to discover that he is in a cabin with a man named Bill. That's the man who he saw and who treated his wounds. There is another man in the cabin who is very ill and dying from tuberculosis. Just the kind of guy you want to share a cabin with. Yep. Frank does not ever get this guy's name and Bill tells them that they are trappers. Uh, Then the second man dies and, you know, Frank is now well enough to move on his own. And so they part ways, which is weird. I have heard versions of this or, you know, people reading into and say, you know, what probably is that these guys weren't actually trappers. Probably not. They were probably gun runners or whiskey runners. Yeah. And who knows what the other guy died of. It might have been tuberculosis. He might have been shot and Frank just didn't know
2: it. There's a lot of stuff that could get you back in those days. Oh. stuff that would be easily treatable today. But mm. yeah, I don't, I don't. I think Finkel said too that when he was there, he didn't see anything resembling a trap anywhere, anywhere inside or outside the cabin. Yeah. So that kind of like, man. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly. So yeah. it's 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 very weird. But uh, but from this point though, Finkel wanders back to civilization, and he discovers that oh wait, everybody that was with Custer that day was killed. And one of two things happens. Again, this is depending on the version of the story that you read. He either said, uh oh, I can't tell anybody who I am because they're going to call me a deserter and they're going to kill me because deserters were known to be shot oh, yeah. for deserting. Oh, yeah. It was a for huge sure. crime. Or. The other version, which I find absurdly funny because it's absurd, is that he reports to some officer at some station and says, this is who I am. And then officer says, oh, okay, great. Well, uh, I'll need you to provide evidence and that evidence will be in the form of two witnesses. And he says, oh, well, they're They're all dead. dead. So, okay. He about faces and he heads off west. Well, to start his life anew.
1: I mean,
2: like everybody else in those days. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean that sure. I'll just say though that it seems unlikely that he could not produce two single people, especially if he rose through the ranks.
2: There should have been people in the other There units. should have been so, other people all, yeah, who would they,
0: have been able to say, "Yep.
2: Yeah, there were a lot of survivors from the, the Little Bighorn. Well, yeah, the, uh, the been...
0: 600, only died of the yeah. six hundred, only two hundred died. Custer was seventh, yeah. so yeah. you would think that, but no. Instead, he just beats feed. He heads to the Pacific Northwest. He meets his Delia, who he marries, has three kids with her, and becomes a very, very wealthy man, a wealthy farmer, uh, and keeps his mouth shut up until 1920, when he probably figured nobody could do anything about it, so it didn't matter. I'm guessing that if that's the reason that he finally spilled the beans, that's why he spilled the beans. Yeah. Hmm. But that's our story. And so now, after all of this time, it's time to actually get into theories. Yeah. Yeah. But before we do that, let's have a quick word from our sponsors.
2: Hey there, Joe from Thinking Sideways here, here to tell you why I'm such a big fan of SimpliSafe Home Security. It's because SimpliSafe is ready for anything that gets thrown at it. If you know me, and you probably do, you know I'm ready for anything, right? I'm a prepper. Uh, I like to be prepared. So if a storm takes out your power, SimpliSafe is ready with a backup. If a intruder cuts your phone line, SimpliSafe is ready. If they destroy your keypad or your siren or your alarm, SimpliSafe will still get you the help you need. And here's what I love about this. Maybe this is overkill, but you don't need to be ready for every worst-case scenario. SimpliSafe, on the other hand, is always ready for that just in case. And that's what makes it so awesome for a paranoid person like me, it's the bee's knees. Now, SimpliSafe could cost you an arm and a leg, and it probably should, that'd be fair, but it doesn't actually. That's because they're good people. They charge you what's fair. Well, they charge you less than what's fair, really. It's only fourteen ninety nine a month. There's no contracts, no hidden fees. I recommend it to everyone I know, and I recommend it to you right now. you got to check it out. So go today to simplisafe.com sideways. That's simplisafe. That's simplisaf ecom sideways.
0: And we're back. Bill's paid. Bill's paid. Let's get into theories. So there are really... There's really just two theories here. I mean, either...
2: either, Yeah, there was or it wasn't.
0: Yeah. I mean, this this is the simplest theory set ever, but there's a lot of different details. So let me... We're just going to run through all of the parts of theory number one, and then we'll run through all of the parts of theory number two. By the way... The things in theory number one are going to mirror the things in theory number two. Surprise! Because they are flip sides of the same coin. So don't be surprised if we talk about one thing and then later on we're talking about it again. So the first theory is, of course, that he was, in fact, there. Sure. It's not unheard of for men who are in very bloody, violent confrontations to then not talk about those things for many, many, many years. Well, yeah. he
2: might have been a bit ashamed of uh, what happened. You know, he yeah. probably felt like, you know, even, and even if he was totally blameless in his own mind, he felt like not everybody would see it that way. It's true. Yeah.
0: I You know, what's funny what's is it? I was actually talking to a friend just this weekend who his dad, uh, I know that I did a Vietnam story last week, but it just happened to be coincidental is that his dad served in the Vietnam War. He brought home a footlocker. That footlocker has been locked the the entire time that this guy has known, his dad has died years ago, but his mom is still alive, and his mom has sworn that until she dies, they won't unlock that footlocker. Mm-hmm. Like, there are full these... of
2: human ears, probably.
0: <laughs> I, <don't>, I
2: really <laughs> no don't doubt. think that's probably. it. But yeah.
0: the point is, like, some people are just so shook up and messed up by the things they experience and see that they have to lock them away in that way, yeah. and uh, some guys just d- never talk about it and some take four decades. To actually be able to talk about
2: it, I, yeah. Yeah, I think it would be hilarious if you know when it finally is time to open that up. It's nothing but you know, like a, some comic books and maybe a, you know, I don't know, an
0: old pair of shoes. You know, <laughs> is, is, are you talking yeah. about the, my friend with the Vietnam stuff? Yeah, yeah yeah. A, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be all rotted. It's so old.
1: It's actually yeah. just gonna be a no that says "tricked you." <laughs> yeah, ha <ha-ha. laughs> ha.
0: I like that, uh-huh. and not a locker full of black mold. Yeah. 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 Okay, well let's move through this theory though. Uh, so there is one person in here who seems to support the fact that maybe frank was there this frank was actually there and that is a gentleman by the name of charles windolf windolf said that he was a friend of frank finkel there was in the army and there was by the way there was a guy in custer's seventh that had the name finkel so there is a guy that appears to maybe be in line with this so Windolf says that he knew frank finkel and when he went through the remains that were on the battlefield he couldn't find his friend hmm. and his friend should have been identifiable because he was the tallest man in the seventh he was the biggest man in the seventh okay i mean if you remember this is 100 years ago and with nutrition being what it was, and yada, yada, yada. Six-footers
2: were were not that common. No, No. six-footers
0: were rare, and big guys were rare. So to be a large, tall man... ...was uncommon. And that's what Finkel was. And Finkel, according to this, was a six-foot-plus heavy man. Uh, I believe that Windolph is the one who tells the story that Finkel's horse would slow down and fall behind everybody else. Because he was too dang heavy? Because he was too dang heavy on too small mm. of a horse. I don't know if that's true I noticed or not.
2: That, well, I noticed well that, then that's interesting because the horse really found his reserves of energy when the time came... And uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I... all of a
2: sudden, bam. Yep, but...
0: exactly. So he says that he went through the site. He looked for it. He should have been able to find the body of this very large man, and no matter what the the locals had done to the body. Never mind the effects of the heat of the summer sun. Right. He was a di- totally different body type than correct, and he yes. never found that body okay. in among all of the bodies that were left now if you look at there are some pictures of our frank finkel standing so the famous one that you see is always him and his wife i believe it's delia they're sitting together in a swing yeah,
2: the first wife
0: yeah but there are pictures of him standing with a cigar in his mouth and i oh god i can't remember what kind of hat he has on but it's a very it's so it's such 1920 style and he just looks like he 's of that era, and I believe mm-hmm. he 's got a, the the suit vest on and the suit jacket and all that, but he looks like based on that image, he looks like a pretty tall, imposing dude yeah, he looks you know? big, and so when I saw that initially, I was like, whatever and then i I saw that, and I was started reading the accounts like okay, well maybe, maybe he really is the same guy because he seems to sort of fit that profile. Now, back in, oh God, uh, it was five years ago, there was a photo that came out in some publications, so that would have been 2013, that said that it was a photo of Sergeant August Finkel. From the, the US. seventh,
2: yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yes,
0: and it was it was saying this is him. People uh, who you know these people who make their living looking at photos and comparing things, and I don't. And there's this whole host of professions that do that, but the point is they looked at that and they looked at a picture of our Frank Finkel from about ten years later to compare the two, and they said, yeah, other than the effects of age. These are, this is the same man. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is. This, we say it's the same guy. So there's that photographic evidence that seems to support the story. There are stories, uh, if we move into another vein of the he was there, there are stories from the American Indians who were in the fight. And by the way, they called, apparently, I didn't know this, but they would sometimes call the Americans long spears. And I'm guessing that was based on the rifles that Probably. they were using. A
2: spear that could really reach out and touch yeah. it from a distance. Yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah. That, yeah.
0: Uh, okay, long spear. Thank spears, you. Yeah. I didn't get it. I was like, I don't know why they call them long That's spears because it's a long gun, but that yeah. makes way more sense.
2: Yeah.
0: So they would call them long spears, and there was the stories about long spears breaking, you know, charging the line in this kind of suicidal run, and there were some that would break through. Well, there are at least one that. They said broke through and they never got to because either they didn't go after him soon enough or they just said, yeah, that guy looks totally dead. You know, as in a man strapped to a horse that is dead because that's, that happens. Yeah. I mean, if you, you guys have been on a horse, right? Yeah. Yeah. In a saddle? Yeah. It just
1: kind of seems like, yeah, he had, especially if he'd been knocked unconscious and, you know, was bloody. He's the, gonna look dead, and, and he's, he's flopping about,
0: and yeah. he's gonna
2: and unconscious or dead. He's gonna fall off the horse shortly. So eh, you know, well, it, why waste energy on that when you got? You know, yeah, people I to mean, kill? if you
0: think about it, in the natural position for a man it, when you when a body goes limp it falls forward onto the withers and the horn of the saddle, the withers of the horse and the horn of the saddle. Mm-hmm. And it's go- you're going to be draped across the, the neck of the horse, and you're just going to literally flop about. If your feet are in the stirrups just right, though, you, will, you might not fall out. And so I'm sure that I can see how they would see a guy like that, arms just flapping about, you know, bouncing around. Bloody and going, as heck. Bloody as hell, and going, oh, yeah, no, that dude... Totally dead. Totally dead. Don't worry about it. Just let it through. Yeah. Which, okay, I, I can totally, I can get behind that one. Or you yeah. know, there or, was a lot of other things they had to pay attention to. Well,
2: and there were other things. There were there were there were women and and younger men behind the lines they could probably take care of this wounded soldier anyway and they were the
0: ones that would go after it wasn't the guys in the front line that would stop and turn around and chase him down no they got to maintain their focus yeah Yeah. it was the women and the young men and the boys even the boys and the girls who would turn around and then track that horse because there were stories of men who would get through and they would be tracked all the way down and killed But there is this one that they never found and so that's that kind of lends a little credence to mr finkel
1: yeah i mean it's a lot of coincidences but okay
0: yep you're right it's a lot of coincidences there uh let's move on to another section of this which is there are researchers who have looked at the details that our frank finkel gave about the events of the battle of the little bighorn and they have said that he had to have been there because he gave details that the layman should not have known and been able to provide without either having been there or read the official accountings.
2: Yeah, there's probably they didn't have Wikipedia back in those days, but there probably were ways to find out that information. But, but
1: that's know. a serious dedication to the.
2: Back in those days, it'd be harder to find out. Well, and it, really you'd have to stuff. you'd have to
1: come up with the idea of you know what I think I'm going to tell people that I was a Custer stand all right let 's go do this, do a bunch of research, like spend a lot of time formulating this story mm-hmm. to make it
0: believable and that 's like it could have been it could have been his pet hobby i mean okay it let me let me flip sides real quick yeah. though okay, it could have been his pet hobby, and he collected every detail he could, and he there are guys that do this about everything from sports to random historical events, yeah. and they develop this encyclopedic knowledge based on every single thing that they read, yeah. And that is what some people to counter what this theory, this part of the theory says is there are people out there who say, yeah, no, it turns out that what he said wasn't all that revelatory mm-hmm. and all he did was stitch it together in a nice narrative yeah, and that's what really roped folk in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I don't know about that por- that portion of it. If we move on though to Finkel's German? Yeah. Okay, which was crap?
1: Yeah. Remember that up.
0: whole he was unintelligible crap like talking with a mouthful of rocks? Unintelligible. Yeah, gobbledygook. <laughs> right. So people have said, well, it, it's that's probably actually what was going on because if he was the child of immigrants, that means he was learning the language only from his parents. This yep. is the theory, by the way, not that he was in a larger community, but mm-hmm. just his parents. So he learned poorly. He would have almost been talking in pigeon German like baby or lock. baby German, like baby yeah. talk. And mm-hmm. so it was just so horrendous. Well,
1: or, you know, they could have been speaking a dialect. That's
0: kind of you what i know. I'm they thinking. could have been
1: from yeah. a small village that had a German dialect and that, that's yeah. what oh, they taught him. Uh, and, true. Yeah. I mean, you, I know yeah. that's... You know, some of my family who still lives in Italy, they're the oldest generations of them. It, you know, people who speak just Italian don't understand them quite as well as they would because they have this dialect. It's a regional dialect and, you know, it's pretty much the same, but there are some concepts
0: that are like, what are you? No. It's like French and patois. Yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, they're, they're, they're super close, but if you don't get, don't know, then it becomes it's hard like to
1: English and like Scotland English. Yeah. It's like American and Scotland English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
0: I don't understand that most of the time. Uh, Well, listen, most Scots don't understand understand it either. either. So, yeah, it's okay. But,
1: I mean, that would be, I guess, (laughs) another thing as well that, you know, he could have actually been fluent, functionally fluent in something, but it was maybe not just German.
0: The other direction in this theory that might be out there is, uh, well, you know, there's the whole thing where Hermy tried to collect the pension but if frank himself really was part of the 7th you would think that he would try to get what was owed him and there have been theories that say well he didn't do it cuz he was just so well off that he didn't need it or mm. there's also the idea that well he didn't do it cuz he was so embarrassed about what happened yeah and this is this is i'm putting this in between the two theories cuz i don't really know which direction it goes
2: well it might be that um there might be too that after his experience at the Little Bighorn, he decided he wasn't that keen on being in the military.
0: Mm-hmm. If
2: he'd gone back in and said, "Well, hey, I'm still alive," they'll say, "Hey, that's great. We're going to put you back in with the Seventh again. You can go back out and you know you, do your thing again." And uh, he didn't want to do that. So in, awesome. in that sense, he might actually have, have used uh, he might this incident to actually desert, actually leave the army. Right. Because he was presumed dead. Which would then
0: say that no wonder he didn't try to claim his pension because he deserted. Yeah, Yeah. he
2: might have just decided, yeah, this army thing is not working out.
0: That's probably a good point for us to transition over to theory number two, Mm -hmm. which is that Frank Finkel was a fraud. Could have been. And he wasn't actually at the Battle of the Little Bighorn.
2: No, no. Okay. he wouldn't be the first would he
0: no he would not uh, it turns out and this this is boggling to me that 120 people up until i guess about 1930 were claiming that they were there in some fashion to i i, I don't understand the, the it's a claim for fame i guess but it's just it's so weird to me i don't i don't get it but Their stories come out in one of about, one, two, three, four, five different ways. And one of these will sound familiar to you, as you have learned from Mr. Finkel's story. But those ways are that they were the last one to be dispatched for reinforcements and or supplies. They hid in a log an animal or behind a rock they charged the enemy and somehow got through ding 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 mr finkel they got to the battle site late because of some kind of mishap or they were captured and held enemy by the American Indians, and for some po- for some duration of time before they escaped.
2: I kind of doubt that
0: one. Okay, well let's just take these in order.
2: I don't think they took prisoners, did they?
0: Well, let's just yeah. take these in orders, though, Joe. So the the last one dispatched, we pretty well know who the dispatched people were. People who hid, well, that's mostly we except for one that we'll talk about. Well, actually,
2: the Indians were, you know, I mean, they were so dumb, it was very easy to fool them by hiding behind a rock. They were totally fooled by that.
0: I love your sarcasm. I, I have yeah. to call it out as sarcasm, though, because sometimes, sometimes people don't get the sarcasm. Yeah, yeah. no, that's a dumb theory. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, But the hiding in things, as we'll find, is real. Charging through the enemy, that's what Finkel says he did. Got to the battle site late. Uh, There's some guys that... Basically, it's the same thing. Remember how we said Finkel was so big, his horse was slowed down. Yeah, it's that kind of vein of a train of thought.
1: Oh, I got the bad horse this day. Yeah, I
0: got the crap. I got the the Yugo <laughs> of oh, horses. Damn. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, or you know, the horse. Yeah, the horse has got a problem. You know, through a, through a shoe sh- or something like that. Yeah, you know? something I mean, like yeah. that.
0: Ran lame. Uh, and then the they were captured and held prisoner. Yeah. That one completely holds no water because mm-hmm. the Native Americans they didn't ho- they didn't take prisoners. Yeah, yeah. why? They, they, <laughs> yeah, they would have to feed you and house you and take yeah. care of you. No. Screw that. Yeah, exactly. There That's, was no Geneva yeah. Convention. They just I, said hi, thanks. <laughs> That's You're kind done. of
2: one of the reasons why back in the day here in America, the white people also didn't send you away to prison for a lot of crimes. They just strung you up mm-hmm. because we were poor and we didn't have the resources to build jails and prisons and stuff like that. So, Absolutely. You know, so hang them. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So yeah.
0: So let's, uh, let's move through things here. So there is a guy that I did not talk about earlier, and he is one of the scouts for Custer.
2: Yeah, one and, of the crows.
0: Uh, yeah, and that's Curly. His yeah. name is Curly. Curly Crow. And, uh, nope but, I don't think that's what they called him well, Joe Probably not But they called him Curly Well Curly was a scout And there's a couple of different versions uh, About how his story went But but Curly became after the fact A popular figure And he was paid to travel around By white people To tell his story of the events That happened at the Battle of the Little Bighorn Of course he was And well you know People are weird They like gory stories he, he basically his story from the way i understand it there's two way there's two versions of it either he was sent to go get reinforcements so he was dispatched and gone before the massacre happened or he was still there realized that the u.s forces were sol Gutted his own horse and climbed in t- inside of it, Tauntaun style, a la the the Empire Strikes Back. Stinky but warm. Yes, mm. and hid until the 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 locals had disappeared. The the forces that were there were gone, and then got out and got away with a nice bronze, dark red tan. Mm. Mm.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: you know that that nice intestinal tan yeah. that you, one gets from seeping in a horse. God, that would be.
2: A long, unpleasant way. You know? uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so i, I don 't i mean he he told the story everywhere. I don't know which version is right and I'm not even going to go depends. into it because he's probably one of Probably depended many. on the crowd. What's that? Probably depended on the crowd. Probably story did depend. Told. On a crowd of gentlemen and ladies, mm-hmm. he probably told the more mundane. In a drunken room, he probably told the more gory mm. version because yeah. they really got into it. Yeah, You're probably right. Yeah,
2: I, yeah, I thought that the uh, the Crow Scouts actually parted ways with Custer before the battle. They reported back to him and said, okay, that's all we know. We'll uh, we'll see you later. And that that... That's, that's what I Probably. thought. Yeah. Okay. But, but that's yeah. the hard
0: part with Curly is that Curly is saying, oh, yeah, no, he's stuck by him till nearly the well, end. Well,
2: maybe. That maybe. could be wrong. It could be some of the Scouts took off, and maybe he's stuck in The stuck larger around, contingent. You know, yeah, I don't know.
0: Be. Okay, so let's move to uh, another figure that we haven't talked about as well. So there was Curly, who we hadn't talked about in the he's a fraud. There's also a guy by the name of Daniel Kniep. Do you I, think that's how you say it?
2: Canape. Canape. Know. know. I'll say canipe. I don't know.
0: Canipe. Okay. Canipe. I'm going to call him canipe. Okay. She says canape. He says canipe. We're going to just keep moving on for the night. Okay. Nobody like that. Canip? All right. Canipe. How about canipe?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: this guy, Daniel, he said he wrote about finding the body of his friend, Frank Finkel, the day or the the day after or the day after that of the battle uh, and on the field of and said, hey, I found him and I buried him. But honestly, Daniel Kniep, his story is hugely discredited by everybody because he completely screws everybody. Every detail of the day up in his writing. But what's his connection? Was he one of Custer's... He was there. So he was part of the seventh. But
2: well, he just wasn't under Custer's direct command. He wasn't the in the that two hundred.
1: Oh, so he was in one of the other. 200.
0: He was in the general six hundred. But he wasn't in that one third bunch that Custer took with him. But the problem is, is that his story is so absolutely effed up that he he talks about the wounds that Custer had on his body, and they're nowhere near. The wounds that are officially recorded as cu- of Custer having mm. had. So okay. he's, he's completely off the market in the things that he has in his book. Okay. There's a gentleman by the name of Samuel Alcott. Alcott wrote uh, about the he body. Was, was he another
1: one of he the. He was another
0: uh, one that was. Uh, he was the also. Lucky ones. He was also one of the lucky ones that was not in that group of 200. He wrote about the fact that he and uh finkel were friends so what happened is they both came in from uh so finkel was in the seventh alcott was in one of those other divisions that was all kind of traveling up the yellowstone river at the same time and they were both clerks and so they got to know each other and they rose through the ranks together and so he knew finkel very well and he said that he went back to the battle site and he found the body of his friend frank finkel and he didn't personally bury him but other men who were there did bury him and by the way they buried almost every man on that site. They did it really fast. Yeah, probably mass uh, grave, sort of. B- sort of, yeah. But they, they got them all in the ground rather than leaving them out in the air to the elements.
2: Well, that was good of them.
0: Well, yeah, that I was... mean, that's, that shows respect you know instead of saying well, sorry dude sucks to be you and just beating feet out of the town yeah so he but he says that listen i knew who he was i could identify him and i found his body there uh we talked about this before there is the uh the the stories of people charging into the lines of the oncoming american indians the, the whole long spears charging in kind of a suicidal run. Yeah. And the fact that one got through. Mm-hmm. Well, as I said before, the stories, uh, the initial stories or the actual stories from the, the tribes that were there say that, oh, yeah, they got through. But we hunted them all down. And the one guy that we didn't catch and kill ourselves. Yeah, we didn't kill him because he died. He died on his he died and fell off his horse, right. so we like didn't have to they do tracked, it. They tracked him and Exactly. Him dead. They they tracked every man who broke through the line. So well,
2: typically they did maybe in this particular situation, of course. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean I, was, it's always was... possible that one guy got through and they thought they tracked him down and they didn't.
2: Yeah. Or, they, you know, know, they
0: didn't even notice in the you know, in
2: the Bruja. Well, yeah. they would have noticed, but you know, and on, on general principles, it's not a good idea to let somebody go through your lines and like get behind you. That's not no. a, not a great idea. Oh yeah, because no. he
0: can turn around and just start firing. and yeah, can, nobody can... likes a bullet in the back.
2: Oh no, not at all.
0: It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't do
2: good things. No.
0: <laughs> okay, but let's. So this is as with the it's it's all good, it's all bad. Theory says that. Well, you remember the guys that nursed him back to health the the trappers bill mm-hmm. and mr tuberculosis yeah it's a weird fact that he remembers the name of bill but he does not remember the name of the man that died because he says that he lived with them for at least a month, if not
2: two. For a while before. I, I didn't think the guy with tuberculosis lived that long. Did he live for a month or two?
0: Uh, the things that I have read gave me the impression that it was oh. at least a month or oh, two. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so you think it, he would have
2: learned his name. Yeah. It's
0: weird. Yeah, it's it's a weird, and, and I'm not the only one who said, like, that's really weird that you'd remember the name of one man and not the other. It's It makes you think that it was a hastily concocted bit of information. Oh, and then I met Bill. Oh, but by the way, there was this guy with tuberculosis, but he died. And I don't remember his name. Uh, well, well maybe course, everybody never, nobody cares about was, somebody with tuberculosis. So if the who guy cares? Is
2: dying, why learn his name? I can just picture like in the cab, and it's like you know, I like, hey there, hey there, dying guy. What's uh, you hungry? <laughs> well, you know, I you, mean, yeah. more
1: than that. If he is dying, great, and he's sick. And mm-hmm. he's pretty much just unconscious the entire time or sleeping the entire time. Mm-hmm. And he has never un, you know, and, and Frank is injured himself and maybe yeah. there's there is there was
0: no really he's in and out of consciousness enough. Yeah, they and don't so maybe an there was actual no actual interaction
1: and then Bill was just kinda like my buddy
0: over here.
2: Yeah, yeah, the dead the dying guy. And also if he'd made it up then he'd think he would have made up a name for the guy. He easily could've. It's true. Right? right? Oh, yeah. it was Bill
0: and Ted. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I mean, it yeah. was totally Ted. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was Ted right there. Aim yeah. for the cat, Ted. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was him so let 's circle back to because I know we talked about this several times, but let 's circle back to the the German language bit, yeah, and I know this bores the crap out of I think I think uh, it 's funny is that if I he, thought his
2: English was supposed to be supposedly good though but, well but yeah. that 's the thing is that, according no,
0: yeah. to Alcott, his English was actually pretty crappy, and that 's not the word I wanted to use but if his english was that bad and and they describe it as saying that he used made up and wrong words and he would string things together into sentences that were nonsensical like he done doo to do ba do ba do did that mm-hmm. and i that almost is a little translation of things that i've read uh-huh. that makes no sense well, if he truly knows how to speak the English language, then he is putting on an amazing act for four years. Because, by the way, he's he's been in for four years before the Battle of the Little Bighorn... Or, and I don't see I haven't read anything that said that Finkel and Dayton Washington had a horrid horrid accent and then his you know made great strides over time to be this fluent English speaker like
1: well, when did he show up in dayton
0: uh Please. I don't have a date i, I do you have a sense Dayton, even? Dayton. I, I have a sense that he had been there for at least 20 years. Okay.
1: Because, I, I mean, you know, four years isn't very long time, but 20 years, Man. you know, if... After he got out of the military, he had gone someplace, became well, more and more fluent.
2: I would say four years of immersion, of immersion learning of any language, you'd speak it a hell of a lot better at the end of the four years. Totally. You but you still might not
0: speak Which, it well. But, but, well, but that's the thing is that if, if four after years. four years he's still saying, I do 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 Well, things. maybe he
2: had a speech impediment too. Who knows? Okay.
0: I don't think it was a speech know. impediment. Because if you read the things where he's making up these, these crazy sentences, is it just sounds like he just didn't get to the new language at all yeah. and so that I actually have a huge problem with if what Alcott is saying is right mm-hmm. I really it's it to me it's a huge nail against Frank Finkel from Dayton Washington because that's just such a even with 40 years it just seems like so I have a hard time lining the two up Yeah. Mm. That's fair.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean,
0: I could
1: sit here and talk
0: about it all day, but we should just move
2: on again okay <laughs> no i mean you guys like that issue i mean yeah we'll, we'll, well do a special I, I, bonus episode
0: there we go uh <laughs> yeah, so let's see let's see other things uh, against frank finkel being there is the fact that he did not attend the uh the reunion which specifically had a man named charles windolph in attendance windolph said that he knew the finkel that was at the battle of the Little Bighorn. Yeah, he he was mentioned before. He yeah, mentioned before, And but, and yeah. so our Frank Finkel didn't go to this event with him as if he was avoiding meeting the man or, that he knew he didn't know. How or long? he
2: never heard of the, the reunion.
0: I mean, yeah, when
1: was that though? Yeah. I don't have a clear was sense of the Was it after like nineteen twenty when he came out with this yes, story? It okay. was after he oh, came okay.
0: forward, but I don't have a clear sense of the date. Like, you know, was it Two months after he came out, or was it eight uh-huh. years after? I don't have a clear sense of that, because unfortunately, the reading always says, and he declined to attend this event, and it never says, yeah, maybe I can't he was find the date on
2: it. But, the, you know, where the event was? Yeah. Because that's the other thing. It's like, the guy lives clear on the West Coast, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah.
0: can't, I can't find... like. Yeah. What I just described is exactly what totally. yeah. yeah. so I, I mean, have that's, no idea.
1: that's why it's annoying, right? It's like, maybe it's right when his wife was dying. Yeah. yeah. You know? or well, he re- said, oh, I could, see, I
0: could see this Windolf guy, or I could stay with my dying Delia. Yeah. Or maybe
2: everything was just hunky-dory, but it was harvest season, or maybe he just didn't feel like traveling 2,000 there miles maybe he didn't in he like not like the guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe it's like in retrospect, like that was a guy that was a total jerk. Right, and he this... told me to go with Custer. I lost rock, paper, scissors to him to yeah, go with Custer. I
2: know, I know, there's that too, but yeah, I just think you know people forget, travel back in those days was a lot harder than it is today.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Let's see, what are... uh, Oh, I've got got two last bullet points in here. They're not actually bullet points. I know Devin got really excited when I said that, but there's last two points here about the he is actually not telling the truth theory, which is, if you remember, I said that Hermie Finkel, his second wife, said that, oh, well, he enlisted under this name Frank Hall, Mm -hmm. which is completely different than everything that we've talked about so far before. Well, there's a huge issue with that, and she was really, really big on pushing that theory. But the problem, of course, is that there was a Frank Hall. I'm sure there were many Frank Halls. There was a well-known Frank Hall. There's an obvious Frank Hall in the time frame in the Seventh Cavalry. The problem is, is that that Frank Hall was five and a half feet tall. He was 14 years older than our Frank Finkel, and oh, by the way, he deserted the Seventh a year before the Battle of the Little Bighorn. Yeah. So he's like he's completely not in the storyline or the story arc. So I think that's, I mean, if Delia had, or not Delia, but if Hermie had said, oh, well, he must have been under August, Mm -hmm. maybe she'd have had something to go on. But she really, she honed in on this one, this Frank Hall idea. And that seems to be what screwed her up. And that also seems to kind of, torpedo the whole frank finkel story because everybody says well she must have gotten that from him like he must have said oh this is what i really did
1: it's just so weird though because it sounds like the story is when he was telling it he was august finkel Mm -hmm. and there was that sergeant august finkel that like for all they knew totally could have been him it's just so weird that she would just continue to push that
0: he was frank hall yeah i i I don't know I, I, I can't speak for her. Of I can't not. say what the heck was going through her mind when yeah. she started going. I mean, maybe she, maybe he was a doddering old fool, and she didn't really pay him that much attention until after he died, and she went, "Oh hell' I really should have listened to what he said. Or maybe. Because I want the money now. Or
1: maybe he knew that she had kind of only married him for his money
0: and was like.
2: Ah, screw you. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. um,
0: That would be the best way to get a gold digger back. Oh, for sure it would.
2: But the fact that there's so much confusion surrounding his history, you know. Doesn't totally shoot the whole thing down. I agree with that. When it comes to the Battle of the Little Bighorn and Custer's Last Stand, nobody seems to agree on anything. Yeah. And I oh, mean, that's
0: that's absolutely true. The battle true. and
2: everything. I mean, uh, nobody knows exactly what happened at Custer's Last Stand. I mean, uh, you know, so the popular conception is they, they they you know had their last stand on a hilltop, but nobody's really even totally sure about that. There's some archaeological evidence, that, you know, from the disposition of the bodies, etc., that says maybe not. You know. Well, I mean, yeah, and um,
0: there's 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 arguments. Arguments that actually Custer was shot and killed in the river and his men drug his body to where it was found. I mean, this yeah. is, and this is going deep into the weeds about the Custer conspiracy, which is a completely different story, Absolutely different, but right. it's th- the whole thing is just so it's, 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 I equate it to somebody drawing the Mona Lisa on an etch-a-sketch and then shaking the crap out of it and saying, put it back together.
2: Yeah, that's. Uh, there's no way. Yeah, so we'll never really know no, until no. we until we invent a wayback machine. and We can send people back to to be there and hope they don't get killed. That's why. Hey I, Devin, I'm you don't have do anything going on.
0: Build us a wayback machine. Okay, yeah. okay. So there's there's one other thing that I want to talk about that is uh, a knock against uh, Frank and his story, and that is his last name. And the fact that his last name is spelled a bajillion different ways, and not by the internet, mind you, but by him mm. over the years. Yeah. So he spells his name in different documentation over the years, F-I-N-K-L-E. He then starts spelling it F-I-N-K-E-L. And then later on, f i n. C K E L. So his spelling of his name, Finkel to Finkel to Funkel, like it goes all over the map and that that doesn't that doesn't make it feel like he knew what his own name was it's suge- Like why would it why would it morph that much? It
2: would suggest to me that yeah, it was it was an alias from the get go. I mean mm-hmm. like you know, he adopted it later, much later in life. It was never his, it was not his birth name. Yeah. You know, and so that, if he has a couple yeah. of
0: beers, uh, you know, I forget how to spell my name after well, a couple you know, of beers sometimes.
2: I only, yeah, I can only spell my name because, you know, I've been having it pounded into my head since I was, you know, three years old or something. Yeah. Know?
1: I mean, I guess yeah. the the argument could be made that if he really was, if the story of being an immigrant child is true, you know, this, ha- again, this happened to my family when they came over, they changed their name on Ellis Island. But you know, if you came over when you were six or seven, you'd been used to spelling your name one way. Suddenly your name spelled a different way, Mm -hmm. goes back and forth all the time, you know, or you decide like, you know what? We're just going to start spelling it that old way again. You know, I want to go back to my roots. That's fine. And then you realize that was dumb. What, you know, there are just a lot of little things that can happen. I'm not saying they did happen or they didn't happen, but, I'm at least willing to say that there's some flexibility in there. And
0: and remember, today we sign our names a hell of a lot more oh, yeah. than... Uh, people did back then writing was a luxury i was going to mm-hmm. say
1: yeah there could have also been some literacy things going yes, on yes i mean yeah. you
0: you didn't write your name every day if you use a credit card or go to some place where they print out a receipt and you have to sign, i probably sign my name a half dozen times a week without even thinking about it yeah. and If you go back in history a hundred years ago, you signed your name maybe a half dozen times a
1: year. I have a friend whose signature is an intentional misspelling of their name in order to be able to say, like, I spell my name this way when I sign it. So if somebody were to fake the signature, they would be able to say, well, it's spelled correctly and I don't spell my name correctly. That's a good idea. Right? I mean, like, it could be something as crazy as that. I probably not, but. I totally,
0: it's... Listen, I'm lucky I haven't gotten in trouble with the U.S. government because I, I write out my middle name mm-hmm. so infrequently that it's I so actually tight. invert the letters in my, I think See? we've talked about this. Maybe it's that. I invert the letters in my middle name he and been doing my that. wife is like, wait, how did you spell that? You know, that's not how it's spelled. It oh, is really? now. Well, it turns out I've been doing it wrong for this long. So yeah, <sighs> mm-hmm. we're going to just run with it. Totally. So okay, you guys got any uh, any uh, which which theory which theory or which things in the theories do you I, like? I know uh, people enjoy that, so
2: I want to know what you guys think. I'm, I'm going to go with he was he was there. Okay. Somebody somebody had to survive
0: that, right?
1: I'm I'm agreeing. He yeah, was there.
0: He was there. Okay, yeah. I, I actually I'm inclined to say that he was not there. Mm-hmm. I really I, f- it if the story of why he came forward is what it is, I think it's bogus. And I really feel like he might've been a, we've encountered these people. He's connoisseur of a certain story. Yeah. And he got ahead of himself And then once fame hit him He couldn't retract it Yeah. So I, I actually think that he probably Wasn't there. Mm, I think mm-hmm. he was Okay, well uh, you our Dear listeners are welcome to Share your opinions on This with us. And of course if you were
2: There we want to hear from you especially
0: Yeah. Really yeah. I do because yeah. holy hell How old are you? Yeah. Uh, but you are Welcome to share your opinions with us There's a multitude of ways to do that You could do it on social media because we have the Facebook page and the Facebook group. Uh, if you want to do that on the, in, do it in the group. You got to join the group, and to join the group, you got to answer the questions. They're very simple. I'm not actually going to provide you the, the answers because you already know them. They're that easy. You can get a hold of us on Twitter where we are thinking sideways. You can tweet your answer in a very short, sporadic way, or you could just go to Twitter and look at the really funny stuff that we put up, aka Devin puts up. Yeah, we're also. Also on Instagram, don't send us a message on Instagram because Instagram's about pictures, not words. But Devin also puts up funny stuff on Instagram. Hilarious things. So funny. So good. If you want to actually write words to us in fewer than 200 and some odd characters, you can do so through an email. You can send us an email at... Thinking Sideways Podcast at gmail.com where you can send us your thoughts on this story, thoughts on any story, uh, story suggestions, opinions about the show, general feedback, nothing negative because we don't like the negative, but we love the positive. Send us whatever you want. I don't really just care. Just be nice to us. We're Gen- real general, just generally we'll We're humans. generally we Negative is okay, actually. Yeah. We need
2: feedback. You know? We're we'll take it. So yeah.
0: Send us whatever you want at that email address. By the way, if you want to read some of the research for this particular story that will be on our website and that is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com we'll have links for this story as well as all past stories Uh, you can listen to the story there you can download it there by the way there's an episode list on the website you can see chronologically all stories that we've done you can also find links to merch yes because on the website we have both Zazzle and Redbubble links to them so you can find the shirts and the mugs and the t-shirts and uh, uh, hood night lights Night lights Oh, yeah, so hit, right. We still I have about the nightlight. Yeah. We have all... God, how long ago did we make that? A long, long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah. People are Elvis still buying posters. it because it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I talked about streaming and downloading off of the website. You can also do that anywhere that you get podcasts. So if you use Apple Podcasts, you can do it there. If you use Stitcher, you can do it there. Google Play, you can do it there. If you're on a site that allows you to leave a comment and a review please do so because that helps other folks find us. Uh, Of course, you know, subscribe while you're there. If you're on Stitcher or, well, actually, if you're not on Stitcher, just so you know, we're going to let you in on a little deal. We're on Stitcher Premium. If you're a Stitcher Premium member, you'll get the episodes four days early. You'll get the episodes ad-free And by the way, we put out monthly bonus content. So these things are all available to premium members. If you're not a premium member and you wanna become one, you can go to stitcher.com slash thinking sideways, use the promo code sideways and you get one month free plus a whole bunch of other stuff. Now, by the way, that month free, that requires that you sign up for the 12 month plan. If you do the monthly plan, well, I'm afraid it doesn't take effect. So just so you know how that works, Uh, that's really all that we've got. So I think that we need to build a a little defensive fort out of cats because there's cats in this house. No
2: dead animals. No, no, no. no. No Listen,
0: they're cats. They love to just lay in kind of a pile because that's what cats do. So we're going to hide behind those cats. Uh It's cat fort.
2: Okay. You're not playing along, dude. Dude, they're my cats. You can't shoot at my cats.
0: I just told you, we're not going <laughs> to shoot at your cats. They're <laughs> the, just the cats. Other side, they like to pile up.
2: The other side's going to shoot at them. Yeah. It's,
0: no, it's it's cat pile. Okay, yeah. Devin, you got anything to share? I'm going to go hide in a horse.
2: Yeah. Uh, ooh, Yeah. I'm going to go hide behind a car door. That always stops bullets. All right.
0: There. Well, Thank you, Han Solo. Thank you, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And we will talk to you people next week. Luke, folks. It was, it was Luke, not Han.